0: I am your main host for Eventually Super Train, the short-lived TV show podcast. We cover short-lived TV shows one episode at a time, three shows at a time, one episode at a time. We cover the shows I never got enough love, and eventually we will cover Super Train. This is episode 114, and in this one, Mitchell Hadley and myself cover episode 15 of Search... Then uh, Amy the Conqueror and I cover the penultimate episode, episode 13 of the live-action Planet of the Apes. And then Tim S. Turner and I cover the sixth episode of Cold Jack. Nice. Uh, so let's dive right in. The episode's a little long, uh, which is, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You'll love it. Here, uh, let me play a little bit of search theme and make sure that I will be on the other side. <coughs> Episode 15 of Search, Numbered for Death, with Doug McClure as Grover. This one is, let's see, directed by Alan Reisner, uh, teleplayed by S.S. Schweitzer, story by Lou Shaw and S.S. Schweitzer, aired January 31st, 1973. And this one, Grover is going to visit um, uh, an in-law of his, or I think a cousin, I forget which she is, uh, whose husband is a racer. And on a NASCAR... uh, not on the NASCAR, auto racer, and uh, he gets into a bad accident, but it turns out he did that sort of on purpose because he's being blackmailed. He has a Swiss bank account, and someone has somehow broken into a Swiss bank account and is blackmailing him. And so... uh, with the help of probe who eventually uh, joining Grover goes to uh assisted by um uh trudy hauser the zurich probe agent uh they begin to investigate this uh, swiss bank um where all the people are being blackmailed and he begins to investigate uh what's going on and of course it does become dangerous uh mitchell and i get uh, get deep into this so i, w- I will uh, leave you for a bit so let me um Uh, let me leave you with a little blast and we're on the other side Numbered for Death episode 15 of Search it's a slightly strange episode title to say out loud Numbered for Death I mean Murder by Death is fun you know other titles with death at at the end of it was there a Steven Seagal film with Mark for Death Um, but Numbered for Death seems awkward to me although I guess it does sort of um explain what the episode is although maybe not you know who will ask we'll ask uh, mr mitchell hadley who's sitting right here with me mitchell how are you
1: i'm doing well and uh, how are you doing tonight
0: i'm doing okay i'm um i i am um happy to say we got another grover episode coming up and as you as you know already folks i already described it here but um uh and and um I would like to know what you thought about this one, especially possibly in comparison to last week's two.
1: Well, and, and first of all, I was wondering, Dan, what what
0: is the death number? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 771. <gasps>
1: I was trying to think of a number that might be associated with death. Yes.
0: 86, maybe. 80, oh, yeah. They 86 him. You know, maybe yeah, that's that, oh yeah, of course. And I was gonna say maybe six six six, but that's not really death. That's just like oh well I'm not gonna say that because my Henning verse book, there's six hundred and sixty six reviews. So I'm not gonna say I'm gonna say that's a great number. I don't care. I'm taking that back from Satan. Yes. Satan, I want that number back. How Satan, dare You, you can yeah. you can have nine ninety nine. <laughs> Enjoy. But uh, what, did, what, did you, what did you think of this one, Grover, uh, the return of Grover, who was actually just in a couple episodes ago, so it wasn't like he's been gone long.
1: Well, what's interesting for uh, looking at Grover is that I think we've seen him somewhat mature over this to the point of being yes, a yeah. full-fledged probe agent. Um, if you look at the always reliable Wikipedia, you'll see <laughs> that Grover is described – in the, the cast as a standby emergency backup agent but that's not where he is anymore he's getting legitimate assignments on things and even though he has a personal um, connection in this that leads him into the case he more or less demands that, it, mm-hmm. that they take the case um, it's the kind of clout I suppose that you'd have a hard time believing that a junior agent would be able to
0: pull off. Mm -hmm. Because
1: he kind of tells Cam that, okay, Cam, we're taking this case.
0: This is this is a case, mm-hmm. yeah. He, mm-hmm. And
1: Cam certainly has got to be wondering at this point if he's lost complete control over any of these <laughs> these guys. I mentioned that to my wife while we were watching this, and she said, you mean he had control at one point? <laughs> but,
0: uh, he had as much control as uh, the Chief did over 86 in yeah, control, yes. yeah.
1: <laughs> but um, I think if you remember last the last episode, we were talking about the bargain basement feel of the new yes. control. Now I have a theory of my own, mm. which is that this um, episode surrounds one of my favorite tropes, which is a Swiss bank account. Yes, they're, and they're fun. they're fun. And one of the reasons why this becomes a case that is important to World Securities is because they happen to have their own funds in the Swiss bank account. And I would like to think that perhaps they had suffered a setback that meant they needed to sublease part of the building. Possibly. You know how they'll do that? Yeah. Uh, Especially if they have to lay people off. And now, of course, you've got a smaller... A uh, probe yes. staff there. Maybe, maybe the guys who do the time
0: tunnel are in one of the other offices. <laughs> I was just saying maybe the SWAT a SWAT team.
1: Yes, you know, and it, it could be it could be any one of these series <laughs> from the same era. They're <laughs> yeah. they're now subleasing part of the space in the World mm. Securities Building, that so makes sense. Cam finds himself down in the basement, even though they are. Um. So they're supposed to be in control of things. Why didn't you put them down in the basement? Well, Cam, they're paying a lot of money for this. It's, you know, we've yes. had some setbacks lately. That uh, that uh, Jonestown case really hurt our <laughs> oh, our bottom yeah. line here.
0: And yeah, yeah.
1: So that so now it starts to make sense. They're down uh-huh. in the basement because of the Swiss bank account, but yes. um, we've got. We've got Bert Convey, who has a really ineffective or at least inconsistent British accent.
0: He's up to something. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, if if we had Amanda on here, Amanda Reyes on here, she'd love it. <laughs> Whatever it is she's I, doing. She does she, love she, him, doesn't it? she? Does, she does love him, yes. But he, yeah, he has just a this.
1: Pic- has yeah. pictures of Bert Convy on the website. So All that's... over. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> one of her favorites. One, one of, of her many favorites. One of the
1: reasons why we love her.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) But yeah, he's got a strange accent. I was trying to figure out what it was, and um, I think it's British.
1: Yeah, because I think there are some (laughs) titles involved there. She's Lady something, or. Yeah. But Grover only knows her, Grover knows her as cousin. Yes, He's come at the behest of his cousin Whose husband is being blackmailed And then he tries to kill himself In a most ineffective way By wrecking his uh, racing car which, Which seldom ever turns out The way you hope it will If you're yeah, to
0: kill yourself, that is. It's not like it's not like jumping off a bridge. Right. You know, if if you jump off a bridge that's several hundred feet above the water, you're probably dead. Yeah, and if, but but to try to pull something off on a racetrack, it yeah. was a little tricky.
1: If he had really meant to do it, I think he would have found a better way. Like maybe driving at 195 miles an hour head on into a guardrail without slowing yes. down. That I think yeah. would have done it. So yeah. I'm, I really am not sure he had a death wish after all. I think maybe he copped out, but that gets in the way of the plot. It's yeah. what it is. And I love the um, I love the racing action. By the way, my I'm I'm a I'm a big race fan, Formula uh-huh. One, which is what these cars were for the most part. Although I can identify some of the scenes. <laughs> there, the uh, my my wife asked me. Do you recognize the, the the circuit there? Do you know where they're racing? And I said, well, I think it's it's probably British, so it it doesn't look like Silverstone, which used to be a World War II airbase. It could be Brands Hatch, wow. except the grandstands don't look quite right. So it could be Donington Park. Um, but I do know for sure that the scene where where Convey loses control of. The car it goes into a spin. That's taken from the 1964 Indianapolis 500 when oh, wow. a, a driver named Dave McDonald lost control of his car coming into the straightaway from the fourth turn, lost uh-huh. control of the car. It spun backwards, went all the way across the track, crashed fuel tank first into the guardrail the car exploded it then was propelled itself by the force of the explosion back out onto the track where it was hit by another car and that car exploded and three or four other cars were involved in it they didn't explode there was a bit of a fire for them but Mm -hmm. the the original driver dave mcdonald was killed and eddie sack The driver who hit his car was killed. Mm -hmm. It's the the first and only time at Indianapolis that there's ever been an accident that killed two drivers. And it was also the first time in the history of the race that that it was ever stopped because of an accident.
0: Oh, Oh,
1: wow. And they only use a couple of seconds of that footage. It's very... Uh If you see the whole thing, and it's easy to do, you find it on any uh, YouTube, it's, it's, it's shocking because there's a moment right after the crash where the black smoke is billowing so much that it completely blots out everything on the screen. It oh, wow. is a horrifying crash, and um, the the press people said in the press box later they could feel the heat from it up there so it was a, a horrific crash that has nothing to do with search uh, but it, it does tell you a little bit actually about the consequences of a fiery crash during an auto right? yes and that's why I, I i wonder cynically whether that was really what he wanted to do but mm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what what happens is that um this, Puts Grover on the case. As we know, he's uh, he's uh, very close to his cousin. He's determined to help. What would you call him? His cousin in law. Cousin
0: in law. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and that had, sounds like something. That sounds, sounds like a deep yeah. south something or other. My cousin in law. Yeah. <laughs> we do this. We guard the still.
1: I, I get the I get the the feeling that the two men are not really close, they're more cordial. Yes,
0: that's sort of the yeah. But yeah.
1: that but that um Grover's feeling is that he is a part of the family by extension. And so if this is affecting my cousin, it's affecting me.
0: Yes, because when, when, when they see the accident, she's really, I mean, just, they're, they're oh, both really yeah. like, oh, my God, you know, and it's really, it's really, the it, they're shocked, and, and she's screaming, and he's trying to avert her eyes, mm-hmm. and he's not looking well either, it's really, it's really nicely acted.
1: Yeah, you do not want to see this, he's telling her, yes. but, yeah. and, and it's, a, it's a nice relationship, too, she's not an old flame, she's not an ex, Nothing like that. I don't even know that she was a kissing cousin, but it's obvious obvious the two grew up uh, together. They have a very close, loving, platonic relationship, and I like seeing
0: that. And it's nice too because there's a scene right near the end before the final sequences where she sort of sort of shows up to try to see if she can help, and her and him and the um, their uh, their their man in Zurich or wherever who turns out to be a woman, yes. um are both like you know it's so great that you came, but we're professionals and we'll we'll take care of it.
1: Yep, I like from that. here.
0: That, that's kind of kind of a nice. That's kind of nice. Yeah, because it isn't like you said it isn't like it isn't a there isn't a burgeoning romance or anything like that it's just like she you know she's my cousin Mm -hmm. and she's just you know she's checking on me you know maybe we haven't seen each other in a few years but it doesn't matter when you have sort of that bond you know growing up or whatever it's it's, you 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 click back in just like that so and when she calls
1: and says or writes and says i'm in trouble um he doesn't say what's wrong he says when do you need me
0: he says I flew five thousand. I didn't fly, fly five thousand miles to hear a lot of crap. Yes. Tell me what's going on.
1: Right line.
0: Yes. And and the the thing I love. Oh oh, did you have did you have I I did you did you see? Do you like the episode? I'm sorry. I uh, did. We I were did. there talking. I oh, did. Okay. It,
1: you know, <laughs> as is the case with the previous episode we talked with, we've got a probe agent who has a personal connection with this. Yes. And again. As in the previous episode, the personal connection only goes so far because Grover gets pulled into what could be a catastrophic situation for the world yes. economy because if the um, if if the um, confidentiality of Swiss bank accounts has been compromised, you can imagine what that means
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, so you you have a uh, You have a a sinister mob-related figure who's um, involved in this, and you have people who are probably former Nazis who are involved in it, Mm -hmm. and Luther Adler, who's always good but is seldom a good guy, um, plays down the middle on this one so that you ask yourself, is he a good guy or isn't he? Yeah. You ask yourself, is is the uh, the probe agent there a good good girl or isn't she? Um, yeah. You and and uh, uh, you know Peter Mark Richmond is he uh, yes. dealing? He, he may be a crook, but is he dealing fairly with Grover or isn't he? Yeah. And uh, I like I like the uncertainty in this, and it carries through nearly to the end and there's oh, yes. a nice yes. nice twist to it at the mm-hmm. end that i think uh, <laughs> works pretty well too so I, I i would consider this an episode that really moves and has suspense it does. and mm-hmm. it shows grover off pretty well you know he's still impu- yeah. impulsive impetuous he's still young but he's i think he's gaining more confidence in his own abilities
0: he, he he has a moment that I love where he the the head guy from the Swiss Bank takes him into the computer room, uh, which has all the info, and he's standing there looking around at trying to see something that's wrong, and it's 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 almost it's it's almost Columbo esque, you know, where one of those Columbo moments where you're like you know Columbo sees something yes, and you're sitting there going what does he see and it's like he's looking around and and the the, the bank. I don't know if he's the president or the owner yeah. he's like uh, I think we're done here we can go and, and Cam is like yeah uh, we can go Grover but Grover's just like give me just five more seconds give me five more and then he sees something and he's like wait a minute and he looks at something and we, we, could, we might say what it is or we might not but he looks at something and then f- figures something out And it's a really nice moment where he's like the moment he sees it, and we Mm -hmm. get this very helpful guy on the other end,
1: and he's telling uh, Grover what what's going on, and 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 Grover is shrewd enough to recognize this in the first place, but it's kind of like to to the bank president to the the owner it looks like grover's figuring all this out on his own and he's mm-hmm. perfectly content to let him believe that that's the Stand case yes, even though yes, he's yes. got this little voice in his ear saying now yeah. go down there peel apart this follow let this cord <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. and i like i, I like the moment because it's like grover's standing there and they've looked at everything that's mm-hmm. sort of right in plain yep. sight it's like well nothing looks wrong and then he just starts to look a little closer mm-hmm. and then he looks at one thing like on um, uh, near the floor, and he's like, "Wait a minute!" And then he he makes a he makes a guess, which turns out to be very correct and a very shrewd one. Yes. To I think which which is if you look at the room and the computer isn't compromised, it's really the only other guess you could make.
1: Mm-hmm. And you get the feeling that Grover had this feeling, mm-hmm. you know, the when he when he wanted to keep looking around, it was kind of like something about this just isn't
0: right. There's there's the one thing I'm um, every like it's everything's in plain sight, but I, I have to the there's one thing here that's is the clue mm-hmm. and I have to and I have to and it's looking you know, it's like looking right at me.
1: Yep.
0: You know, it's it's like it's like whenever uh, whenever I write fiction and I'm writing something that's maybe a little complicated or something like that, and you sit there and go how is this person gonna get out of this or how are we gonna do this? usually it's something that comes to you and you're like oh of course yeah do this and it's something it's something like you you know you try to you you think of all these complicated ways of getting out of something but then you're like wait a minute what about that you know well like like if if they're in this room what what would be something that's in this room with the computers and everything like that well this of course so that that must be it cuz that's the only other thing
1: it's nicely played
0: yeah and um uh, let's see. Oh, oh! I'll just. Uh, I like this episode. I think it's a good time. Um, I like it's. It's. Um. I. I like when they do the Swiss kind of thing, even though less the the other ones that were sort of set like, like the last one with Grover where he was running around with um. Geez, uh, our favorite uh, Italian redhead. Yeah. There. Yeah. Uh,
1: um, uh, um. Yes. Yes. Yeah,
0: <laughs> um, oh. And that th- that that had a bit more of a. Globetrotting feel to it This has more of a um, We're in LA
1: And it also had auto racing in it too
0: It also had auto racing in it yes. And There's there's a, there's a scene where like a car um, Tries to run Grover down And I could swear That the building the car is parked in front of Is the building that Batman and Robin Run into <laughs> every episode Of Batman You know the one There are a couple people coming this way A couple people coming that way And as they go up the steps in the top left There's a big puff of smoke that moves across the screen every episode. I'm convinced. I saw that and thought, "Isn't that? Isn't that Commissioner Gordon's? Isn't that his office in there?" And when they when he goes to talk to Mister Volmer, I think the head of the bank, uh-huh. I'm like, "Oh yeah, the MASH cast are, are shooting right over the other side of that hill there." <laughs> so it wasn't because, like in in the one with in in the last one with Grover or, or like the the actual probe, the movie, mm-hmm. um, the TV movie, I, I found it very convincing. I knew they were in the L.A. area, but I found it very, I, I found it very convincing. This one, um, it's mostly convincing. You just don't – it's it's one of those things like when you're watching a scene that's, that's um, day for night, don't look yes. at the sky. Mm-hmm. Don't look at the sky yeah. because the sky is going to be bright and everything else is going to be dark and that gives it away. And this one, don't look in the background because you'll see the, those hills and you'll go, oh, yeah, that's – I think I think I think I can see Rockford on a chase halfway up the hill, and I can hear "Suicide Is Painless" playing from the other side. So um, yeah, the uh, so, Luciana Palooza. Yes, of How course. Could of course. How, How could I forget? How could we forget? Yes. yes, yes. That that I mean, to me, that one really has a nice feel of we're kind of all around Europe. Mm-hmm, yes, it, it it really does. And I mean, I I think part of it is it's just where you shoot. And, um, and if you're going to shoot in a place where those hills are behind you, get a um, very, um, either go to the top of the hill, where you can sort of shoot up and there's no hill behind mm-hmm. you, or go to a, pl- a very wooded place where you can't see the hill. That works. But this one, they clearly go to like a clearing where there's the hills directly behind them. So it's like, okay, well, I, I'm sure in Switzerland or wherever they are, there are plenty of... Hills like that, um, but uh, but that is very clearly an LA. Hit. Yeah. So, yeah. but that's not bad. It, it doesn't ruin it. It doesn't. No. It, it does. Does Thank not ruin it. For ruin what it. it is. Yes, and I think the episode cooks along nicely, and um, uh, I, I like the agent that um uh Grover uh gets hooked up with mm-hmm. on this one. He gives her he gives her a little kiss. I don't know if he should have done that, but
1: um, he wouldn't have I been probably, able. To I probably would day, have. But
0: uh... I, Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. that would have been that would have been inappropriate but but um it is maybe the that's closest
1: a... they get to any hint of romance in this episode yes. too which makes it different from some of the earlier probe
0: uh earlier search
1: episodes where there was almost always a woman playing a romantic interest of some kind
0: yeah this this it's funny because when he leans forward and almost kisses her it's it's almost um it, it feels less of like um you know uh, can I give you a kiss and maybe give you a little boop on the tush? You know, it's it, uh, uh, but more of a, um, you know, we've almost died a few times. Here's a little, yeah. okay, we're going to, we're just going to, you know, and it's not like uh, that doesn't mean we're getting married or anything. That just means we're going to do this kind of thing. Now, now, that could be Grover's way. You know, Grover will kiss. He kisses, if it was with Lockwood, give, he would give given Lockwood a kiss or something like that. I don't know. But it's, it's funny because when he does it, because you don't get a feeling of, oh, this is becoming a romance. Right. You just get the feeling of, these are two people who are now in the midst of something big and they could die at any moment. And he's just, maybe it's more for him. You know, it's just like being like, I'm nervous and I just need a little, yeah. You know, and it, it, it could be, but but it's never, it's... it's um. But there isn't a feeling of like this is going to become a romance. Right. Although she's lovely, and, and, it's, and she,
1: but it, she certainly was surprised when he did that.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Maybe, maybe I mean that's maybe yeah where she is. They don't they don't do that kind of thing. Maybe I mean because he the first time we see him he's very much like a Beach Boy. Mm-hmm so that could just be like the thing you know you hang out with the gal and you're like okay baby give her a little smooch and go well, i don't know it reminds
1: me it thing. reminds me of something i read once it must have been like a philip marlowe story mm-hmm. where he said um that uh something like uh, she reached over and kissed me i was so surprised i almost forgot to kiss her back yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that that could be i mean cuz it yeah it it does have a different feel to it than, Oh, we're developing a romance. Mm-hmm. No, it it really does have a feeling like you know, good luck. Let's do this. Oh, you know, kind of. Um, and, and she's surprised yeah. because they don't they don't do that where she comes from in the world of Swiss bank uh, accounts and things like that. They don't do that. Or maybe they're all maybe all the men in Zurich are women, and they just don't. Maybe they I don't know. Maybe they kiss all the time. That would be a spinoff. <laughs> I would watch <laughs> our men in Zurich with nothing but six really hot s- s- Swedish or Swiss women who kissed each other. I'm kidding of course, folks I'm joking I'm joking with the comedy so um uh, I'll just throw out a few more a couple more things. I think the episode moves uh, nicely. I think Doug McClure is very good in it. I think I think the final fight almost has a feel of like an old uh, uh, like a silent movie. Like when you see like Harold Lloyd get in a scrap in a silent movie or, or even but like Buster Keaton when they would fight it looks like they're really beating the crap out of each other. I mean it really looks like two kids just like beating the crap mm-hmm. out of each other and just just like and it's not it's not a question of like who's the strongest or who's the best who's going to win the fight it's just going to be who gets that lucky punch in or just who happens to do the right thing right thing at the right moment and it has kind of that that crazy i was thinking of like the Harold Lloyd uh, film the kid brother has a fight scene at the end of that that goes on. It's wonderful. Goes on for about ten minutes, and 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 just like it's just like and the battling butler Buster Keaton film has a fight scene at the end of it that's like that where it's just like you're fighting for your life. It's not it's not like um it's not like as much as I love Jackie Chan it's not like a Jackie Chan fight scene where he's fighting for his life most of the time but he also is really having a very good
1: time. Yeah yeah.
0: And and in, in these it's really like if Grover lets his guard down this guy's gonna shoot him. This guy's going to throw him off a balcony. He's dead. So he's fighting for his life, and the only way he can win is either by killing this guy or just taking him completely out. And so, and there's a feeling of that. It's it's shot that way, where um, it's not about like cool moves or anything like that. It's just about two guys like jumping on top of each other. Pound, 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 pop, pound, Almost like two little kids. Ah, kind of <laughs> go. But like, and and it's a really nice fight scene. It kind of um, it's I think it's a satisfying fight scene too. At the end of it, and um, and uh, yeah, they're, they're um uh, I like uh, the the scene where um, uh, he goes to meet the gangster guy. And he's like he's in the gym, and I thought so. If you're going to meet a gangster in the gym, I've seen enough James Bond movies and other things. If you go to meet a gangster in the gym, you're either going to get in a big fight with them. I just recently watched What Was It Die Another Day with Pierce Brosnan where he has yes. the big uh-huh. fencing match with the guy with that crazy fencing match, or it's going to be seen like in the pink Panther strikes again, where he pretend he uses some of the equipment, like where inspector Clouseau goes on the parallel bars <laughs> and then goes down the steps. It's going to be one of two scenes. Yep. And I used to be very good on the parallel bars. <laughs> and he goes down the steps.
1: One of my it's going favorite to be one of those scenes, two scenes of
0: all time. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. But that's what I, th- the moment she said that I was like, Ooh, we're going to get one of two. And I was hoping to see some parallel bars strangely placed by stairs. But unfortunately, we did not get that. <laughs> maybe, but, uh, next oh, maybe next time. Maybe next time. But overall, I, I, think it's, I think it's a sharp episode that's got a nice uh, mystery and some twists to it. And you're never quite sure what's going on. And, um, and then in the end, I, th- I think it works out and it's, it's, it's satisfying. And, the, and I, 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 I will just say this and I'll stop with this one. But I love the fact that in the beginning, there is no case. Yes, but the moment the moment Bert Convy's character begins to speak about a Swiss bank account, and I forget if he says the name of the bank, which is what I forget exactly what makes um Grover do this. But as he's talking about the Swiss bank account, Grover suddenly switches on his camera, well, and then yeah. it cuts to it cuts to Cam and the gang. See, and we do get an extra camera ang cam camera angle where where like you look at you look at Cam straight straight forward rather than from the side, but only briefly. Um. And it, it almost I almost like to think that they're they don't have a case going on right now, so they're just doing some training or doing some like admin or something like that, you know. And and you don't do that in the main room; you do that in the little room, yep. the basement
1: room. And all of a so sudden, they there, get this beep, beep, and, beep. And,
0: and it's it's really it's really clever because I um I like that someone someone's thinking. There. You know, it's not like he's not put on this case. It's, it's, he's stand, Grover is standing there and he hears Swiss bank account. He possibly hears the name. And so he turns on his transmitter and someone, someone, everyone's like, what's going on? What is this? Grover, what's happening? Uh, it's the Volmer Bank, the Swiss Bank accounts. I'm being blackmailed. Like, what? And then they turn on and suddenly becomes a case. And because they're in that room and someone else is probably in the big room, that's why they have to stay in that room. One. Because the big room the big room was already yes. uh, rented out. Maybe they were having a dance. I'm kidding. <laughs> but they were... Th- that, that's To me, that's my justification again for why they're in this room. Because they weren't... This wasn't... If it had been a Grover case from the start they would have been in the big room but it's not and the big room is being used i think that was in a cut scene
1: yes i'd like to see the outtakes
0: yes exactly so <laughs> so that's more or less all i have to say what do you have anything else on this no one? i
1: just uh, all i would add on that was that it, it it's very interesting because you get the feeling that cam is kind of like wanting to say to grover you know we don't solicit business people come to yes. us but the minute that he hears what grover heard all of a sudden he becomes very serious about this yes. because he instantly understands the implications of it all mm-hmm. and he goes from this isn't uh, you know this is a personal thing that we do not do this kind of case and all of a sudden they're a hundred percent in on it
0: yes yeah very and nice. it's a uh it's very it's very nicely done it's it's um um and and again you know i don't i don't know that they they may have known at this point that they weren't going to last more than a season because i know their ratings weren't great um but it, even if they did normally this is the kind of thing you'd see at this time like much later kind of a you know like the first season would be all straightforward mm-hmm. search things this they're doing so much variety and we're only 15 episodes in um and and this is like, like I think I may have said before I this is one of those shows say like Ellery Queen where I would have loved the second season but the first season overall and you'll see it when you get there I hope that the first season I think is so satisfying that you think well I think I'm good
1: That, that that's think, a great show it's like it's like Nero Wolf I wish um, yes the, I wish the Timothy Hutton version of Nero Wolf yes. had gone on longer but I'll take every episode they made and be happy
0: yes. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I think I think search is one of those, and just the variety in this um, is, I like it. I like it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stop, Mitchell. Do you have anything else?
1: Nope. I think we have uh, pretty much covered it all.
0: Excellent. So let me uh, just find out where can we find you online.
1: I am. Uh, I blog at it'sabouttv.com. You can uh, read about classic television. Pop culture, and uh, can buy one of my books, or all three Yay. of
0: them. Please, yes, please, please. do. Yay. Mama needs to do uh, fur coats. Uh, <laughs> 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 come on, come on! You don't want to let Mama down. And that's not Mama for Mama's family. <laughs> he doesn't have Vicky no. Lawrence living. No, with I do. Not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, that was numbered for death, and now. <laughs> The Liberator, episode thirteen of Planet of the Apes, directed by Arnold Lavin, written by Howard Dimsdale, December 6, seventy four. And this one, the gang, Burke, Verdun uh, Verdon and Galen, um, are caught by a village um, filled with humans who, um were kind of uh, kind of on their own as long as they provide quarterly five human slaves to uh the apes to work in the mines. And they don't have to be a um um Humans from their village, they can be anyone they capture, and so they capture uh Burke and Verdon, put them, lock them away, waiting for the um, uh, the, the apes to come and get them. And we learn there are some weird things going on, like if if someone doesn't want to go, um, uh, there's like a sacrificial sort of rite that goes on involving the chief of the town, uh, there's a local cave where something weird is going on, and um. I don't want to go too far into it, but it's basically, it's it's, it's it's about, um, Burke and Verdon and Galen, who, who asserts his ape authority as long as he can, but the humans in charge, the, the, the head of the apes, the head of the humans, um, kind of asserts himself over Galen. And it's about them trying to get out of there before the two guys get sent away to this cave and also learning what the chief has hidden away in a cave. And I won't, I won't say what it is, but we will, um, we will talk about that so let let us uh, give you a blast and amy and i are on the other side the liberator the penultimate episode of planet of the apes live version live tv series version and uh, this one has john ireland in it and a bunch of um humans that i didn't really like but that is not for me to say yet first i have to introduce (laughs) my great guest host amy the conqueror amy how are you
2: I'm doing well Dan how are you?
0: I'm doing okay. I let, let's let's dive right into this. I I've, I've been saying in my other podcast my minute by minute that I've tried to keep things a little shorter, a little tighter, a little um less of me meandering. Um I don't know if it'll work, but I'm going to give it a try. So Amy, what do you <laughs> what do you think of of this episode?
2: Um I mean it was okay. I didn't mind it. <laughs> I agree that, you know, there wasn't anyone likable in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they they tend to To I mean, you're supposed to not like the gorillas and and apes, but they tend to write the humans so that you don't like them either, Mm. basically. Especially uh, Talia. I found her, like, (laughs) the women characters in the show, they just track me crazy. (laughs) Um, She's just a twit, and I just couldn't stand any time she was on screen. Overall, I thought the episode was pretty fun, though. I mean, it seemed, I don't know, I guess a little more... Realistic, because mm. this is probably what would happen if apes yeah. took over. You know, the human factions would go at each other to, for their own benefit. Like, yeah. hey, I'll go steal some people and give mm-hmm. them to the apes, and then we're good. Like, you know, mm-hmm. protecting their own kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, at the beginning I was confused. Like, <laughs> the, Klim, like, runs away, and then they he meets up with Burke and, and those guys, and then next thing you know he's turning them in. Was it planned or? yeah. You know, like what? why did he think that was gonna work? He's obviously mm-hmm. lived there and knows the rules of the gods and the laws and whatever. It was kinda I that, I found that confusing. Yeah, <laughs> like, wait, so. why did he think this was gonna
0: work? <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, for for a brief second I thought it was something maybe like um that maybe Clem there was um one of one of their own. And the, maybe this is a little thing they pull, kind of a last-minute thing to maybe,
2: right.
0: like like he runs out and they'll be like, oh, he ran away. And hopefully he'll run across some humans or something like that be able to bring them back instead. But then right. when, you know, the gods show up um, and, and get rid of Clem, then uh, I thought, no, okay, I, I, then I don't fully understand what, what, what he was up to.
2: Right, uh, and then. I didn't know if it was Clem or Clem. At I, first, I, I thought could... it was Clem, and then I thought they started calling him with an tonight, so that's <laughs> yeah, why I said
0: Clem. I, I just been calling him Clem. <laughs> it, uh, I don't think it
2: really matters. He wasn't really pertinent. No, 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 no. Um, uh,
0: yeah, I, uh, I, am more or less in agreement with you. I, um, I, uh, I like the twist in the end. That, and I guess we're going to ruin it here. Because we're at the we the thirteenth episode. You know, I, I think we can ruin a thing or two. But there was a yeah. twist t- twist involving the lead human who who seems to be working with the apes very closely, actually having like a cave full of poisonous gas that he is going to release and kill as many apes as he can kind of thing. And that's kind of a little twisted sort of moment near the end. I didn't expect that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did not either. Yeah, <laughs> and, and there's like, I, I guess calling it the liberator, I guess in one way that should have um, clued me off possibly, but it's a little vague. And, so they uh, were
2: referring to him as the liberator, you po- believe?
0: Possibly, yeah, maybe.
2: Okay, um, okay. I uh, was, I was curious as to who yeah. exactly was supposed to be the liberator yeah. in the story. Because <laughs> I mean, everybody was going to die if you yes. start throwing those bombs around. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so. yeah. You, you know, you know, these these goofballs ain't going to figure out what to do if the if the gas starts spreading all over. Right. Um, but I I did like that, and there is something um. Something kind of creepy about like sort of that, that temple they have and pulling Clem in there and ju- just the fact that, you know, presumably they you know, having to give up what like ten ten humans a year. They must have to give up a few of their own. And you know, just the thought of I don't know, the gods don't seem so great if, if Clem is one of their own to kill to kill one of them. You know, yeah. you you would think you would think you'd leave leave someone because there is it, it does have that thing at the beginning um, uh, I was actually thinking of uh, is it is it I think it's Ator 2 Cave Dwellers
2: oh, I haven't ha- seen that
0: one <laughs> that has a sequence where I think Ator goes into a town and they're doing that sort of thing where they, they put forward you know the, the, the people to um, be taken by the bad guys to work in the mines or to do whatever and I always think what a what a crappy way to live God. yeah
2: I mean also, they were saying. I mean, are they taking from their own population when something like that happens? Because you said we're going to draw lots immediately to replace <clears throat> Clem, Clem, whatever.
0: <laughs>
2: and then by the end there, we're going to give up Talia.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I...
2: it's like, do they always? Is it if they? If they don't kidnap enough humans from mm-hmm. other communities, do they have yeah. to give one of their own? Is that is that how that works? So I guess that's
0: that's what I thought. That's what okay. I, and and maybe it was just like. So maybe Clem isn't. I mean, but Clem looks like he's he's sort of one of them. He's kind of dressed in the same sort of vest and everything. Yeah. But 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 it would actually make more sense if he wasn't one of them because he would he would know by this point the way it works. And that's why he's like I brought two for you. I brought, I brought two bags right. ho- hoping he might get his freedom. And that would maybe be why he didn't fully understand like the wrath of these gods or right. something like that. <laughs> that would make sense. You know, you know, we don't get to know Clem well enough or Clem or Clom or whatever his name <laughs> is um, uh, to, to really learn. But um, uh, um, what I, I, I completely forgot, I was going to say, one of the things that I like about it... Oh, oh actually, one of the things that I, I... I like the opening where Clem is running through the um, woods and the, the apes are chasing after him. I thought that was nice, although I would have actually preferred... They do a thing where it cuts from the chase to like um, uh, our guys walking and talking and then suddenly Clem appears. I would have loved it if they had done something like um, you know like Clem is running as fast as he can and he suddenly gets to the end of like a a hill not a big hill but like a hill or something and he doesn't realize it's there and he's like whoa, and he kind of falls and drops and when he hits the ground he looks up and our three guys are sitting there having lunch or something. (laughs) I thought that, that would have been a lot more fun if they had had a surprise reveal and it would have been like Hey, what's going almost like, you know, instead of like we're just walking in the same area we seem to have been walking through for the last twelve episodes and another <laughs> adventure. I-, I like the thought of we're sitting here, we're just having our lunch, we're relaxing, and then all of a sudden, Whoa and a guy drops out <laughs> there's of there and suddenly there's another adventure. Yeah. I-, I-, I kinda I kinda was hoping they'd do that. But then I thought, eh, I don't know that that's really that's really this show to do that. <laughs>
2: Well, if this show has taught us anything, it's that it's good at dashing our hopes as to what we want to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the
0: the the Planet of the Apes show I was hoping for isn't the Planet of the Apes show we were given.
2: No.
0: And um,
2: still enjoyable, but still, still, yes,
0: yes, yeah. Um, uh, I uh, uh, oh oh um, along along such a point of the humans. yeah, it's it's I I I, liked, I do like the fact that it, it does feel that does feel like a realistic thing to me that if the apes are in charge and they're saying this small village we need five every year ten a year or whatever but it doesn't matter if they're yours you can get them from anywhere then you're gonna get the humans fighting with one another in a horrible way and and there is something so kind of creepy about like when uh, the our two guys are trying to um, convince the the gal you know that what she's doing they're doing is pretty horrible she like just c- kind of like her it's i it, it was a mix of twit and and kind of <laughs> chilling just the way she describes yes this is what we do this is well if we didn't send you then we'd have to die and there's something about that was like ah, maybe you should right. move i don't know I, i'm trying yeah. to think with you here but uh but th- there is um yeah, it's 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 kind of um it's it's kind of a, a a chilling idea mixed with the fact that the humans will commit like corporal punishment upon themselves too if if something goes wrong and it's like boy this is this is almost sort of the darkest place we've kind of been almost right. in yeah. in the in the ape's world and um and and unfortunately it's, it is it is sort of one of those things at the end when they leave and they say goodbye to the couple there all i thought was good riddance yeah see ya.
2: <laughs> absolutely
0: bye bye you've i don't you know i don't really feel like you've learned anything bye bye no,
2: no. <laughs> and they're probably still believing in their religion which was fake
0: yes. yeah
2: and yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: and it was just john ireland running around in a goofy outfit
2: Right, well, his mask was kind of creepy, I'll give his that His mask
0: was cool, his mask was kind of cool, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: um, I mean, for this show, you don't yeah. really see any, you yeah. know, not yeah. too much creepiness in this show Yes, yeah,
0: yeah, um, and it's, uh, and, and, and again, the one of the tricky things with it is it does seem to cover the same sort of area that all the other episodes, they seem to be in the same spot more yes. or less. Like it's it's not like they've I mean, I wish they um I wish they'd go back to the water or I wish they'd go to a city. Mm-hmm. Um I wish they'd break it up a little, but um yeah. but just, just another one of these, you know, up oh, there's there's a big hill behind us and yep, I think we were here last week. Where that <laughs> where'd that village go? I'm I'm a little worried. Um what what else do you have on this one? Let me uh let me look here. Well, so.
2: uh, let's see. Um I mean we covered the fact that all the humans suck. Um, <laughs> the the ending was surprising. Like, I I, I kind of, you know, I got the, the poisonous gas thing and figured that um, uh-huh. Brun, the high priest, or Brun, whatever he was called. Um,
0: Clem, clam. knew
2: Yeah, <laughs> knew and was the only one who knew and knew that there wasn't, you know, these gods killing these people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that would just be it. And then yeah. he would be, you know, found out and... They'd be like, hey, you know, you got to tell them that there's this dangerous, poisonous gas here. That's why yes. they can't go in the temple. And I was surprised by the um, room full of bombs being yes. <laughs> made with the poisonous yeah.
0: gas. Yes, um, I didn't, I didn't expect so,
2: that. And I mean, how long has he been planning this uh, yeah. revenge? Because mm-hmm. he just says, you know. Many years ago, the apes and man fight and blah blah blah, and many many died. So we came up with these laws, and it's like, okay, so how long was that? Like twenty years? Yeah, doing this? yeah, you
0: know? yeah. I would, because he, because when you see him dealing with the apes in the beginning, he is very, uh, um, it's it's you know, the one guy Clem runs away, and he's like, okay, we'll draw lots and we'll do it. It's very like we've been through this. It's a, it's a this right. is a regular transaction. This is not, and and you don't you don't get the feeling that like um. Uh, john ireland's character there's like frightened of the apes at all or anything like that you just like he's like we've done our part take them and 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 it's kind of thing of take them go away don't come back until next time you know and i and i wonder if there's like a point where like they get like a few months where it's like you know it's it's uh you know it's our celebration months where we don't have to round up other human beings and put them in cages (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you right. know, from from like November, December, we do yay, so we just hang out and do whatever it is we do here. I I can't tell what they do there.
2: Yeah, uh, that, <laughs> I guess build what, more cages for more humans. They're gonna. <laughs> that is one of the tricky things too, because
0: you you ask yourself after time. So when you're not rounding up the humans for the culling, as it were, what do you do? I mean, yeah. I guess farming
2: yeah I again guess, but... they've proven not to be the best farmers on this planet here yes
0: yes and 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 too, like farming just i mean that's just to um you know just grow your basic foods to keep you alive, so that's surely not like. That can oh finally, we can focus on our farming, well, yeah, you know I don't know that that's something I, I guess being entirely unsatisfied is is the motto of Planet of the Apes, I love it right. if there if there was a final episode of we like went to like the hall of the Apes or something, and like in Latin was like never satisfied right. over oh, <laughs> the archway uh, yeah, that's because I'm watching them all run around, and if they're not um. Yeah, if they're not rounding up other humans, what are they well, doing?
2: I guess they do have to grow grain or whatever sure. mm. to to give to the apes. You know, they, <laughs> mm. I think they have a, a some sort of tribute they have to pay or something. Mm. I don't know.
0: That sounds. Um, that sounds.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: that sounds right. I do, yeah, it's a. Uh, you know, and, I mean, like j- just like seeing the scenes with the with you know the couple there, where they have their um, you know their, their the, the guy and the gal, Yeah, they
2: were annoying.
0: They were annoying. <laughs> yeah, and um, just just seeing their romance, you think, so what do you do? I mean, yeah. is it like <laughs> like I mean, I'm I'm not saying you're going to go to the drive-in or something like that, but it's like because right. when they first when they first see each other, like when our guys are trying to flirt with her and it doesn't work. Um, because she's got that other annoying guy. Uh, and she and she and, and they kiss and the way they kiss isn't like you know, you know, it's not like a what is this word kiss? No, you know, they dive in and they go go for it. Right. So you think like, what do you do? Like when the sun goes I mean I can imagine what they might do. But I'm not I don't mean that, I mean like on a date. You know, or yes. something like that. You know, or is like that. We don't the laws don't speak of dates. Apart no, from they
2: probably me. don't.
0: They probably do not <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, yeah, and then I'm, I'm actually, I actually got it playing here and there are guys like chopping a log and, um, I'm not a hundred percent sure what, why. Yeah, I guess...
2: It strengthens know. them up in like two days. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like in definitely. a couple days you're gonna go work the mine, so we gotta make mm-hmm. sure you're strong. Yeah. Okay, so you're gonna work me to death in the next two days. I'm yes. not gonna be very strong. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 yeah.
0: And there's there's something too. Yeah, about that. I, ju- I just thought because it, it just played here the scene where the, where the woman is talking to them and she says something like um uh when when she says like uh well we have to send you because otherwise we'd have to go when we send a man to the mine he's dead within a few months. And women soon after that. I thought, "You're not very nice."
2: No. How
0: did how did you get to this age?
2: Yeah, she, you... she was my least favorite character ever, out of a show of bad characters.
0: <laughs> out of a show, show sure populated with them. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, um, yeah. It's just there. There are some points I like in the show, and I think the guys are fine in it, dealing with this kind of awful group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ending is fun with the gas bombs and everything like that, but, um, uh, and like you said, I th- I think to the, um, I'm, I'm just trying to pull out the good points, you know, out of my mind here. I think mm-hmm. to the, um, seeing the humans, like basically humans hunting other humans to give to apes is, um, pretty desperate and, uh, I, I just wish it were, um. Maybe a perkier, not not that I need laughs or something. I'm not sure what I quite quite what I mean by that, but um, it's kind of um, I don't I I think I wish it were in a it a little little more fun. It just it just I I didn't I enjoyed it, but I didn't have a lot of fun when right. I was watching it, which is right. too bad. Which is too bad. I, I will say though, I like Galen in it. When, yes,
2: I always like Galen.
0: Yeah, when he's trying to talk to John Ireland and convince him that, oh, well, I'm an ape, you got you got to do what I say, and John Ireland just kind of looks at him and goes, no, yeah. you know, <laughs> no, no, and then and then the I I do like my my favorite Galen moment might be in this episode, and that's at the end when he's John Ireland is talking about we're gonna take these bombs, we're gonna kill all the apes. And he's almost he's almost on the verge of ha ha ha, 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 ha. Yes. and and he turns away and Galen just picks up a big stick and hits him over the head and says, You're not gonna kill all my people And I thought that was a really lovely moment. And then and then he sets everything on fire.
2: Yeah. We, and then we... runs back in and well yeah. Then they you know, they the escape and then I mean, it's a tragedy at the end anyways. Why would the guy the guy literally ran back in just to get yes. blown up?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean,
2: sorry, spoilers. I, oh, spoilers, <laughs> late, there, but yeah, I a think late on
0: that. I think I don't know. I don't know by now, everyone. I th- I don't think um, this is a show that really depends on it. This isn't like we're watching Ellery Queen or Poirot or something like that. You know, I, <laughs> yes. I I think we're okay. You know, I think you, you you I mean, like like we said, we I think we were both surprised by the gas bombs in in the thing. That was that was a. Um, that sort of the thought that yeah the high priest is is nodding his head and doing what he has to do but at the same time he's created this arsenal that's going to destroy all the apes is is a nice moment it's a it's an okay episode it just yeah it, it's
2: not one of the worst i'll, I'll get yeah. It that
0: yeah it's I, I just think it just has and this has kind of been the way the show has been we we won't go too far into this because the next one's the last one so we can, we can go a little bit but further farther further farther into it um and that's uh, it's, it's just it's, It seems a mix of Good things With things that are just a little off Or just kind of duds Yeah And that's um That's kind of the way most of the episodes of the show Have been, unfortunately um, And it's just the question of Do the good things outweigh the duds And in this one I'd say it's 60-40 The good outweighing the duds So there's just enough yeah. d- d- Duddery yeah. to 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 kind of but I think like like I said I think Galen's great John Ireland's great the guys mm-hmm. are the guys are fine yeah the premise is good it's just there's certain details like two other main characters that get in the way right uh, which is too bad so do you do you have um anything else on this one let me check my notes.
2: Um, I just wanted to say that in this episode, it kind of reminded me that Galen is not an anti-ape, obviously. He's a chimp. Mm, yeah. But you kind of forget that because he's been with these guys for so long. Sure, sure, yeah. And he's running from the apes, and they always seem to have conflict with the apes. Mm-hmm. So seeing him defend, you know, his people yes. in this episode was a nice change.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because you that,
2: realize, oh, yeah, that's right, he's not, you know. Yes. It's not like he's all of a sudden on the human side all the time. He's just yeah. more open-minded. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. But still, would you know, knock a guy in the head was, to save his people?
0: It was yeah, it was a great, it's a great moment. I um, but yeah, um, I I, I like to think like I've said before, and I, I won't go too far into it in this one. Um, but that uh, if this had gone on for like five or six years, all of this would have, you know, maybe maybe we would have seen these two goofballs, this 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 couple, like show up like in the final season and and we'd actually learn that they turn out to be good people and right. they've they've actually been helping out and maybe they have a couple of little kids who are helping them do stuff too you know things like that you know and they would they would have shown up and be like you two I don't remember you two then they'd kiss really passionately they go oh you two. <laughs>
2: oh
0: you guys all right yeah okay <laughs> but uh, i and it's 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 true cuz like i've said before and i think i mentioned star trek the next generation is a great example of that where if it had been canceled after one season we would have had an episode of okay television but because mm-hmm. it did the full 7 seasons you get to you the those those episodes that are just okay are usually complemented later on in the series when the show is really really good
2: right
0: and so so i i and i keep projecting with because we don't we don't get the full season like we did with Voyagers or Erie Indiana where we could wish for the future, but we had a pretty right. good we had a pretty good selection we felt like they knew what they were doing. And this I just feel like they're still goofing or something. I don't know. I don't feel yeah, like, it's like
2: I don't know if they knew already or what, but they were yeah. they kinda gave up on everything. But we'll talk about that.
0: <laughs> yeah in the next one. Yes yeah, so, so let's let's wrap up let's wrap up The Liberator And uh, Amy if you don't have anything else Where can we find you online
2: Uh, You can find me on Instagram At Amy underscore the underscore Conqueror
0: Excellent This was The Liberator And we are going to go on to uh, Oh Kolchak And which episode is Firefall Listen to this Episode six of Colchak, November eighth, nineteen seventy four, written by Bill S. Ballinger, written by Don Weiss. I don't want to go too well, I guess we we ruin everything uh, anyways, but but this is basically about a um the best way to describe it is a an arsonist ghost tries to take over the body of a well known conductor. Um using uh, a conductor's doppelganger and causing people to spontaneously combust around the conductor yeah it's going to make sense when you hear us talk about it but that's basically what's going on this this dead arsonist ghost is trying to take over the body of this conductor and killing people around him yeah that makes sense so let me give you a little blast of something tim and i are on the other side firefall episode six of Colchak, and i have with me here of course the great tim s turner tim how are you uh, I'm
3: doing great. I-, I wanted to sing a line from uh, that Firefall song, but uh, I totally forgot what, how it goes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you think of it during this recording, <laughs> sing it. If you don't, send me an MP3 with you singing it, and I'll put it somewhere in
3: here. No, I like you too much of... for that, Dan.
0: Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> I could put it at the beginning of the episode. Maybe you all heard it at the beginning of the episode or the end. <laughs> uh, so, so this is So this is Firefall. And this is interesting because we had... Um, well, Night Strangler isn't sort of a, um, a regular iconic. So, well, I sort of the Fountain of Youth thing is. But we had Vampire, Fountain of Youth type thing. Jack the Ripper, Zombie, Vampire again, Werewolf. And in this one, we go into a slightly different space. Uh, which, of course, the show is going to have to go into. I mean, my thought is if we were following monsters, this one would either be like The Mummy or some sort of aquatic monster or a Frankenstein monster, but they go in a different direction. Uh, what did you think of Firefall?
3: You know, uh, it's it's funny. I hadn't seen this one in a long time, and for some reason it was one that I, whenever I would do a rewatch, I just kind of skipped it because I was like, eh, Firefall, who cares? I don't know. And <laughs> so I when I rewatched it, I've actually watched it twice um, in the last two days, and I really enjoyed it because it's, it's – um, one of the few episodes that's actually kind of a mystery you don't know what's going yes. on for a while and it's a very uh, different kind of story that we've usually gotten from uh, from Shack and um, our quote unquote villain for the majority of the episode, he's actually innocent, He he's not who you th- yes. the killer or murderer or monster or whatever is not who you think it is Mm-hmm. And the only way you know is from there's a scene at the very beginning where a mobster gets gunned down in an arcade. And for a while, you're kind of left to be like, what did that have to do with anything?
0: Yes, that one of those great one of those great scenes like you see at the beginning of stuff where you're like, OK, and then you kind of forget about it after a while. Yeah, yeah. And then when he goes back to the arcade. You're like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah because they don't make a big deal about it or the funeral that follows
3: right the only thing that they and and this is I think one of the only uh, weaknesses with the episode for me it's not a big deal but they don't really go into why this gangster or why or how this gangster is taking over uh, Ryder Bond's uh, image Mm. Uh, other than well his car passes by the funeral of the gangster at mm-hmm. that beginning uh but that's about it um but honestly i really liked this one and i found <laughs> I, I thought the pacing was pretty good and um it you know it's got some fun guest stars in it and uh, this is also probably the first not the first time. I mean, Carl's life has been in danger a bunch of times. But this is, I think, the closest he comes to death. Yes. And he's genuinely terrified.
0: Yes. And then and then the great thing with Carl is that he has a moment where he's close to death. And then the final moment where he encounters the spirit, he's very... In the arcade again. It's it's funny, that, that scene, again, sorry to spoil it for everyone, but, you know, he saves the day. Yeah. <laughs> and this the, the final scene where he's in the arcade, and just, just the incongruity of he's got this corpse he just dug up at his feet. Yeah. There's this spirit walking towards him that can set him on fire in a moment. And he's, like, on a pinball machine, just saying, you are dead, you are right here. And just the authority that he speaks it, and the fact that they're in a pin- pinball arcade um, uh, is, is just, it, again, it's one of those things, it's like the moment with the vampire, with the woman's, the steel-belted radials, <laughs> and the road work, and in the foreground, these hands shoot out of the pavement. You know, it's just this beautiful mix of uh, the supernatural with the latest hot pinball games.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, and I, the thing is interesting, and this is what shows the strength of Darren McGavin as an actor, and how... By this point in time, he is Carl Kolschak. He he's yes. really gotten the grip on this character and and how he thinks and acts and feels. And so that final scene in the arcade, if you, I, I think a lesser actor it could have made it ludicrous.
0: It could have been camp.
3: Could have, yeah, it campy. Could have but camp, he yeah. pulls it off when he's pointing his finger at you know like this is your body you're dead you know and and, mm-hmm. and it's it's so well done as, as all these flames are going up around him and stuff mm-hmm. it's pretty good
0: yeah that's it's a it's a and it's it it works in the episode which like you said it's it's a nicely paced episode and for the first half cuz those those opening scenes the the guy who kind of vaguely looks like the conductor But doesn't fully look like the conductor. That is that is the tricky thing. Um, uh, When he's killed at the pinball machine, and then you get the funeral, and you're imagining that the funeral is for the guy who got killed. Um, Although they, it's great because they don't really, um, you know, it's it's they the 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 focus of the narration and the focus of of the shots once they leave the arcade are on the conductor. And so you sort of, apart from that moment where they cut off the, the the hearse and and it freeze frames like two or three times, and you're like, okay, what is that? What was that? Yeah. What just happened there? And it's it's actually, it's actually kind of um, it, it, more subtle than I would have expected at at this time uh, for something like that because there's just like if you if you turn away for a minute, you know, you got, maybe you got your TV dinner. It's uh, November 1974. You're looking forward to Thanksgiving. Maybe it's getting cold out. You know, you're <laughs> sitting there, and there's a funeral scene. You're like, okay, what's going on? And then you're like, I'm just going to have a little bit of the Salisbury steak. And then you take it, and then you look up, and you see this brief freeze-frame moment. You're like, what the hell was that? Yeah. And you keep watching. And then it all it's, – it's nice because I like when we can be clever. We don't all have to be dumb all the time. It's great to be clever sometimes. Not like a, a jerk. But It's nice to be clever. And I think that moment is clever. I think it's overall, I don't know who Bill Ballinger is, the writer. I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. f- completely familiar with him. But he's written a clever episode. Yeah. And, and he's, he's gone into, I mean, I was going to say William Wilson, the, the Edgar Allan Poe, but that's not quite right where, where they've gone. But um, he's gone into a, another place where they can take the show. And I like it. I mean, because you could do another doppelganger show a uh, year later with maybe someone coming after Carl. You know, and people are seeing like Carl's face flying around or something like that. But, um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. This one is um, this one after zombies and Jack the Ripper and vampires and werewolves. Just the title, Firefall. You're like, eh, what's that? What's that about? Yeah. And at first, at first, I always th- I always forget because you don't want to read on the DVD, you don't want to read the menu um, plot descriptions because it gives far too much away. You want to just watch the episode. Now, we're all going to be watching Blu-rays of it shortly, and hopefully the Kino Lorber won't have plot descriptions. (laughs) Although they might. They might. I just hope they have titles and we can just just go there. But um, I always thought this was an astral projection. Episode. Right,
3: that's what I was, and that's why I said it was kind of a mystery because it, it's mm-hmm. almost like he's doing an astral projection, like a Doctor Strange kind of thing, where he's able to leave his body, kill his victims, yes. while still being conducting an orchestra or whatever. Right? But yes. that's
0: not what it is. No, it's not. That's the fun thing about it is because, um, I yeah, I was thinking because there's like the um. I think there may be a couple X-Files, Astral Projections, but there's one in, I think, Season 3 with, like, a guy who has no arms and legs who Astral yeah. Projects himself out to kill people. I forget the name of the episode. It's The Something, I think. <laughs> um, the Astral Projection. The Legless Guy. No, I don't remember what it is. But but that's that's what I keep thinking this was. But But the joy of it is, like, after a few minutes when you think about it, it's like, so the people that are getting killed are like people who are important to this guy. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
0: So, so unless he's like John Cassavetes' conductor in Etude in Black, the uh, Columbo episode, yes. um, then then something else is happening. And then the, it, when Kolchak, I, I love the thing about Kolchak that's so great is it's like when he goes to someone, they say, "Oh, it's a doppelganger. It's a dead spirit that's trying to latch on and take over another living spirit." I, and Kolchak's there with his notebook. Yeah, give me more. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, well, him, this sure. is old
3: school, old news at this point. You know. He's, he's, <laughs> like, yeah, okay. yeah.
0: he's yeah, everything, any, everything, and anything can happen, and it's it's uh, it's it's pretty, and as it goes along, and he, I mean, I love the fact that he, um, you know, the first few times he encounters the um, the real conductor, the conductor just yells at him the whole time, yeah. but then I love the moment where. Um, the conductor like he shows a bit of doubt and Kolchak says, Well, you you've got a doppelganger and you know they're trying to take over your life. And he's kinda like, Yeah, it would explain some things. Yeah. And and then he says, like, well and, and then he doesn't say like, you know, get out of here or that's nuts. He says, If that's true, what do I do? Yeah. And Carl tell and Carl tells him what we could do and um and he he goes with it
3: yeah yeah and he I, does
0: I, uh, yeah uh, and it's really like he goes to the church and you know the cops and the, the the physician try to get him out of the church and and that i love that scene in the church where they keep looking up and like the the doppelgangers just looking in the oh,
3: those in are the, great shots
0: those are cool shows. He's like got Those this cool leering
3: show. look on. He's kind of kind of bouncing from window to window. You know, almost like he's like a vampire in Salem's water or
0: something. Yeah, he, yeah. He's like he's almost mischievous, like a, kind of a Loki kind of appearing in, like like being kind of like. And They got like flames you, behind you. him and stuff. Like he's in hell. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna come out. You're gonna come out here I'm soon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you can't you can't stay in there forever. Actually, you probably could. Um, uh, but um, uh, it's. It's 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 really nicely done, and I, I like the fact that he just has like he goes to see that gypsy woman, yeah, and then he has a scene where he goes to talk to prof- well, you don't you don't see him talking to them, but he says he talked to professors or something, and they tell him what to do, and then he goes to talk to David Doyle, who talks about how people can burn. Oh, David Doyle, and yeah, it, yes, and there's just it's just it's um. I, I think the thing I like about it is that it does have a bit of the Carl. What are you doing? Carl's being crazy, especially in the end when he hasn't been sleeping and he's breaking into the petty cash. And oh, I love it. Crazy, <laughs> but 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 the thing about it is, at that point, he is going kind of crazy. Oh, he's totally so, losing, so yeah, yeah yeah, and and I think the 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 joy of it is, with a show like this, if you are not going to let your let your character win and get some sort of praise or something for it in the end you, you have to do something like this where it's constantly moving and he's going here and he's going there you know and and no one's you know they might giggle at him for mentioning him a doppelganger but but they they give him the information he needs and he's able to build everything he needs to, to save this guy to save himself and and I think I I, I I think uh, I think this is just a really sharply well written episode and well done all the way around. And I mean, the, the combustion scenes are pretty, pretty good. Yeah, they're
3: pretty too. nicely gruesome too. Everybody end up looking like yes. like a uh, charcoal, uh, like a briquette person.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. It, it would have been like if like you know when they do the um, the tape outlines or the chalk outlines. Yeah. If like imagine if a guy had come in with like just some briquettes and just smeared. Like the body shape that that's kind of that's kind of what it looks like, um, and, and I mean it's it's a uh, yeah you keep seeing the image of the guy I, might, I actually have it playing here where the woman is killed on the rooftop oh, the,
3: uh, the swimming pool
0: yeah yes and and I will say the two people who discover her they're not the best actors uh, no um, that 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 the woman's scream isn't terribly convincing and that guy does the thing where he's looking down yeah. And then he suddenly looks up, and he's terrified, but he hasn't seen it yet because he was looking down. Right. And so, how can you be terrified until you see it? <laughs> and it's almost like I'm going to look down, one, two, three, and it's, But he hasn't, he hasn't seen it yet. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's yeah. Ov- overall, it's I think it's um, you know, if we're going to leave sort of your main universal monsters, your your main hammer monsters, your your sort of. The safe monster place, which was a lot of fun. This is a nice one to go to. If you go, I mean, like I said, William Wilson. If you're going towards a ver- Poe variation, you know, hey, I'm with you. You know, this that's awesome.
3: Yeah, that's um, what. That's why I I thought this one was a lot of fun because it it really felt kind of like, okay. You know, they went a little top heavy with the kind of like you were saying, like the the standard monsters at the beginning. You know, okay, Jack the Ripper, zombie, a vampire, or a werewolf. Um, but this one felt very, uh, very much like kind of a a unique creation, even though, like you're saying, is very like yes, a William yeah. Wilson kind of thing, um, or you know, Student of Prague or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Where the the guy is just. He, you think, like I said, through the uh, at least half the episode, you think this guy is the villain, and he's not. Yes. And no. that's what was uh, why I, I really enjoyed it because it felt like it was uh, a mystery unfolding as opposed to oh here's the monster Carl's got to research the monster, uh, you yes. know. Uh, and I I really enjoyed it. Um, that's yeah. And yeah. you know we got Carol and Susie again. As uh, Monique Marmelstein, even though it was you know yeah. kind of brief, but uh, Carl breaking into Tony's petty cash, I just thought was hysterical. <laughs> He's just bashing it open the drawer yeah. with a screwdriver. Where's, and... <laughs> where's the petty cash? Yeah. <laughs> then, you know, Monique doesn't even like say anything. Like, what are you doing? You know, she's like, I give you money <laughs> if you want. This is, yeah, exactly. you know. <laughs> <laughs> is it booze? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you, um, one of the things in this episode, and th- one of the things that's great with this is that there's so many uh, really neat little uh, uh, details, and, and some of the sets mm-hmm. in this are really well-dressed. Uh, the the arcade, which looks like such a funky dive it's, it's yeah. got, like, not just pinball machines, but it's got machines that look like they're from the 40s or something. <laughs> and, uh, and and there's uh, the walls are decorated with, like, voodoo stuff and mm. tikis. And it, even though yes. no, there's no theme to it, it's just kind of like this just a cluttered, uh, interesting little dive. And I, I love that. But my favorite thing is when Carl goes and he's looking through the files, and the files are in the bathroom. Yes!
0: <laughs> and yes.
3: You see, you know, Uptight comes out of one of the stalls, and, like, Carl's in yeah. there, uh, we're, uh, uh, he's rummaging through, like, throwing files uh, everywhere, you know, and it's in the men's room. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, clearly, uh, INS is not a... Uh, a big money You're operation. The,
0: yeah, yeah. I think that have what was it in in the vampire with a uh, Miss Kruger there, where she thinks he says IRS. Yes, and then when he clarifies INS, she goes, "Oh, never heard of it."
3: <laughs> it does look like I you see, this I,
0: crappy building too. I almost I almost feel like INS would be something like a free newspaper <laughs> that you get. Like it would be like next to the next to like the Tribune. And the Sun-Times, there would be another of those newspaper machines, you know, that you drop the quarter. But this would be free. Yeah. And yeah. it would be the INS It's paper. like
3: the what – are, what are those things called like uh, the, the, the shopper or whatever? The shopper, yes. Like yes, uh, exactly. something Mrs. Yeah. Columbo works on.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. With like, like a column from the local gadfly has all the latest news.
3: You know, <laughs> Mrs. Johnson's I, uh, rose garden has its biggest <laughs> crop <yet>. yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I think I think the the thing the thing you got that what nails why this is a, is a, is a, I think a, a, a great episode is that in all the previous ones, the the fun is apart from the night strangler the fun is that he is discovering mythos that we all know. And so it's fun to watch him discover them and use them to take down the monster or the villain. But in this one, we don't know what's going on. So as Carl learns it, we learn it. And and that makes it kind of more fun and exciting than, you know... Oh, here's what you do with the Vampire. We, we all know what you do with the Vampire. And in the Night Stalker, it's fun that Carl learns it and does it. And in the Vampire, it's fun that he already knows it. They don't stop to explain. They just do yeah. it. But in, in this, I like, like the Doppler. You know, because like, like, the first thing he does is, what is it? He goes to David Doyle and he begins asking. And it, it becomes not only astral projection, but spontaneous combustion. Right and so you get a whole bunch of different things going together and I like that scene where um where he's talking to the the scene where he convinces the conductor and he's rattling off all these spontaneous combustion um cases yeah oh that was a hundred years ago well how about you know fifteen years ago how about you know ten years ago right down the street you know kind of thing and i think um it's 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 one of these episodes where it's like because you know with a show like this and the x files had to happen too that that sometimes when you're trying something it's gonna go silly you you, you, <laughs> you can't help it's gonna you're gonna try and like um I was gonna say like with Doctor Who too you know occasionally they will do something that you could tell everyone who was convinced was awesome, <laughs> but when you see it. You go, that didn't work out the way you'd planned it. And that and that's the way things go when you're in horror and things like that. Sometimes things are um, sometimes things are perfect, sometimes they don't. But this one I think I mean this this is um I, I it's funny. I would almost think like if you showed someone Night Stalker or Night Strangler, this almost might be a good one to show first of the of the show. Because um, because you have the vampire and then you have the immortal guy, which isn't sort of a standard quite standard thing, unless you're talking like a Dorian Gray type thing in Night Strangler. Sure. Um, and then something like this has even more mystery to it. So you might even you might might even make like this this be the rather than show them the Ripper, where they may say, Wow, I've just seen the same thing happen like three times, you might show them the firefall. Because it is different. I mean, there's something about um, I, I I think I think the thing I love about that arcade is that they show like drug dealers, oh yeah, and they show all sorts of crooks. But the one guy who's like playing a pinball game is the one who gets knocked off. Yeah, and he he specifically said later on the guy who runs the arcade said, "Oh, he was our best pinball player. He came in here and he won, and that that's what he was not there, he was an arsonist. He yeah. wasn't there to set anything on fire. He wasn't there to cause any trouble. He oh. loved pinball." And the fact that he's the one that gets killed is in this den of iniquity, as it were, (laughs) is is so odd. You know, it would be like going into a whorehouse and like... Killing the guy in the in the bathroom who like gives you like lotion or, or a, a hot <laughs> towel or something like that. You know, it's filled with prostitutes and madams and all kinds of crazy people paying thousands of dollars to be here. And there's the one guy who's like, just give me a buck tip and I'll give you this hot towel. You know, or something <laughs> like that. You know, it'd be like it's 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 it's, it's I. Th- it is, and and just the moments too, where I'm like, there's that there's that moment where the one person dies in their car. Oh, that's a great scene like too. And like all yeah. the smoke is pouring out of their car, and Kolchak rushes up to it and says something like, "There are two people in there," and then a moment later they're like, "Oh no, there's only one." Yeah. And they don't, and like the sh- and it's the same shot, I think. It does, it doesn't like suddenly. There there is a moment at the end where it kind of like zooms into the smoke, but you don't see anything. But there's like. It's a sharp episode. I mean, I don't know if all the ones that aren't classic monsters are going to be this sharp, and I can tell you from thinking about it that they may not be. But <laughs> this one is is nice, and I'd I'd like to see. I don't know if Bill Ballinger writes another episode for the show, but um, I, if I see his name on another one, I'd be interested to see what he does.
3: Yeah, I it, it, like I said, it's nice that they were able to mix it up, um, yes, and and that that was fun. But uh, oh by the way, he he does write one other episode of Coltshack. Oh He writes Primal Scream.
0: I've forgotten which one that uh, is. Which is good. Yeah. Oh, oh I, you I can tell me is, if you want to tell me you could tell me you can tell me quietly and I'll edit it out.
3: <laughs> it, it's the caveman episode.
0: I don't rem- I've no remembrance of whether I like that one or not. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh that's another one that I haven't seen in a long time so I I I'm mm. not sure. Uh <laughs> but um my 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 last thing that I will say about this and this is kinda of trivial but I love uh that 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 one scene um where the the guy gets uh burned I think it's the first one and yes, there's the, the old lady with the dog. In the yes. hallway, sees his sees the apparition of, of the conductor, which, by the way, what a great name, Ryder Bond.
0: Yes, that's you know, cool.
3: uh, and, and she's got her little fluffy dog there, and the dog's name is Randall.
0: Yes, yeah, <laughs> and like, she keeps saying that over and over again.
3: Why, why not just like name your dog Arthur? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, it's an it's an odd name for I don't know. But, yeah, uh, yeah, and, and uh, again. Firefall. What a great episode. You are the woman yes. that I've always dreamed of. Yes, exactly.
0: And I I will say I think possibly my favorite scene, but it it it's in in the episode might be when he goes to Ryder Bonds, I think like apartment, and he's there and he's like, "I know if you want to throw me out, that's okay. I understand." And then Ryder just looks at him, doesn't say a word, and lets him in. And then Kolchak is talking, and Ryder Bond is just walking and looking at him. And then Kolchak sits on the couch, and then Ryder Bond is looking at him, and then he vanishes. And then you're like, holy shit, that's the doppelganger. <laughs> that's not Ryder Bond. Yeah. And then everything begins to burst into flame. It's so nicely done because the look he gives Kolchak is a look we've seen people give Kolchak throughout the whole series. Sure. So you don't think that at first. But it's only like – it's – it's on the second viewing, you see it. You can see it. Yeah. But on the first viewing, I really don't think until he vanishes, you realize what – that that's not him.
3: Yeah, it took me uh, – when I was watching it today, it took me a minute because you start noticing he's not speaking.
0: He's, and yeah, and, 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 yeah and, 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 and at first, at first you're like, oh, this guy – and the last time he saw him, he yelled and yelled. And this time, the fact that he's silent. Yeah,
3: and then he just kind of, like, waves him to sit down. You
0: mm-hmm. know, and he just stands and there then, staring at him. <laughs> and then he slowly disappears.
3: Yeah, it, when Carl's not I, looking, of course.
0: Yes, and he thinks he goes in the bedroom, and then the bedroom bursts into flames. Um, and it's, uh, I, I, I really, that might be my favorite scene <laughs> here, just because I, because it I've seen the episode two or three times in the past, but it it fooled me when I watched it the other day for the first time in like three or four years. I thought it was him, and 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 I thought he was just pissed off at Kolchak and he just wanted some explanation. Yeah. Uh, but and then but there's like a scene where Carl sits down and he's talking, and then it cuts to Ryder and he kind of like is standing like in a doorway and he takes a step back. And then vanishes, and you're like, "Oh hell,
3: <laughs> he's screwed."
0: <laughs> oh, here it comes, here it comes, and I, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people who watched that and were like, "Oh, that's whatever's going on," but but it it's it zonked me, it got me. I'm very trusting.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, I I, I, I did uh, that scene. I thought was was really effective because it does kind of hmm. it kind of creeps up on you, but it does take you by surprise because you're thinking the whole time this is Ryder Bond, and hmm. And then it you know it transitions. That's when we start real. You know, Carl starts realizing, oh, oh crap, I'm a target. And yes. I like the way they did it with he. It starts with him getting a fever. They notice mm, yeah. you know they're like, oh, he's he's burning up, and he starts mm-hmm. you know he's super tired because he stays. he's been awake for 51 hours, mm-hmm. uh, and so he's very kind of loopy. You know, and if it wasn't for him going to the church to kind of get a little bit of rest, I, you know, he would have been screwed.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 I think uh, I think I, I could I could talk more about it. I think we could um, uh, more about it, but I mean, um, I don't know if this is my favorite of the six episodes we uh, so far, but I think this is one that I would I would show to someone immediately. Oh yeah, I mean the ripper. Yeah, the the ripper uh, is a lot of fun. The zombies, the zombie actually, maybe the zombie actually might be the first one <laughs> of the of the regular ones I might show to someone, um, just because that's a really good scary one, but this one is is this one's nice and it shows Carl at his best. It also shows him in the line of fire as it were. And um and I th- I think it's I think it's a sharp episode. Now I want to watch Primal Scream. I shouldn't, though, because I don't like to watch the episodes before, but I might throw on Primal Scream with some uh, fettuccine Alfredo right <laughs> after we're done talking. It's,
3: I think it's one of the last ones, I think, actually.
0: I think so, like 18 or 19 or something yeah, right near the yeah, end.
3: Yeah, because it was like – I think it's real close to the century, which is the last one.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, okay. I might, I might. I, I'm, I'm intrigued now, so I might do that, but um, – so, to, do you have anything else on this one? I think I think we both give this one a big thumbs up.
3: No, I, I really don't. But yeah, I, again, I I really was surprised and pleased by this one because I, like I said, I had skipped this one uh, when it came to me. Whenever I would watch these, I'd be like, I would hit the big ones, right? I, I I'd hit yeah, the Ripper, I'd hit the zombie, I'd hit uh, you know, like the Spanish Moss Murders, um, mm-hmm. you know. But I would always, I go Firefall, nah, you know. It, and in rewatching this, yeah. I was surprised at how much I really enjoyed it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is a this is a, this is a very good one, and we will we will stop here. And I'll ask you, Tim, where can we find you online?
3: Ooh, a musical. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Pearl Jam oh, or something. I don't know. Uh. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, uh, I am the uh, co-host with Kelly Hogaboom of the uh, right. Beauty, the Beast, and the Bees, where we discuss genre film and uh, bee films. Um, by the time that this airs, uh, we will be discussing the wonderful – and I'm already giving away my review here <laughs> – the wonderful Jacob's Wife with Barbara Crampton, <laughs> uh, which I, I – well, I love her anyway, but, yeah, but yeah, she she's had such a career renaissance. Uh, since you're you're next, and this was kind of a a, a, yeah. a, a passion project for her, and it, mm-hmm. she's wonderful in it. Um, and then our other films are uh, The Faculty, oh. which it, which was you know one of those late '90s, uh, you know, uh, yeah,
0: Ke- Kevin Williamson, yeah. Uh, 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 Wake film, yeah, yeah
3: and yeah. our last one. Is one that I think you probably would enjoy if, if you haven't already seen it, and I, I'm pretty sure this might be a favorite of Amanda's. Uh, it's uh, superstition, oh, uh, with sure. the the evil witch,
0: aka the witch, yes, yes. Uh,
3: bumping off everybody in this this crappy house.
0: I guess thank you so much, Tim. And um, uh, next up, bum, bum. all right, everyone. That's the end of episode 114. And me doing the other Queen Blast, um, with you know, um, verbally rather than musically it means I misplaced the clip with the blast on it. Sorry. Uh, so this is the end of the episode, and yes, the next episode ends. Ape Chat. Oh, but there'll be a brand new old show after that that I think you all will enjoy. I think so. So anyway, online, at eSuperTrain1 on Twitter. Eventually, Super Train on Facebook. You can email me at Danny, D A N N Y, Slacks at Yahoo.com or go on Eventually, Super Train. Blogspot.com. I do hope you're enjoying the show. I do hope you're all safe and well. And then we play a little bit of this.